All right, welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank, sponsored by Suda. If you're listening on the uh, stream, the Listen Live player, whether it be on your smartphone, your device via the mobile app, connected in your car on smart speakers, your headphone, wherever it is, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Here's the guy that knows a thing or two about that as uh, we just... Uh, you know the the Rage Cage women still have some WNIT games, but um, and and you got high school state championships. But in terms of that phrase we use this time of year, Seth called the overlap. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, that would be what we're just now getting through for the most part. Seth Lewis of KTC TV three and Seth Lewis Incorporated. He always loves when I add that last part. Is uh, is my guest here to chat uh, about a number of things? Some high school football, some Cajun stuff. Uh, and uh, and a little bit about the Pels. I don't want to depress everyone again like I did to start the show. Seth, good morning, man. What's up? Good morning, man. I'm good. I'm uh, happy to be on, as always. Well, I, I always love talking to you, man, and having you on. Um, before, you know, I, 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 do, I do want to cover a little bit on the Cajuns um, on the diamond. You know, for softball, we don't really need to because they're not playing this weekend. Uh, we can save that for another time. They're serious with Georgia Southern postponed because of COVID-19 issues within Georgia Southern. Um, Cajun hoops yesterday. You had a uh, couple of players on the men and women's team earn all-conference honors. Uh, Ty Doucette, Defensive Player of the Year on the women's side. Theo Akuba, uh, Defensive Player of the Year on the men's side of things. And then you had uh, Cedric Russell, first team all-sun belt for the Cajuns. Uh, and then you had... Um, uh, Ty Ducey, first team all Sun Belt, and Brandy Williams, second team all Sun Belt. Sky Goodwin, third team all Sun Belt. Overall, any surprises? And do you feel like uh, I know China Rigby was the coach of the year? You felt like maybe uh, is that just because of of the fact that they won the game on Monday? Do you feel like the Cajuns win that? Maybe it's Gary Broadhead as the coach of the year in the conference because it felt like it just came down to that one game. Well, honestly, I don't was voting a conducted after the tournament. I know it came out after the tournament, but was it uh, conducted it, 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 after the tournament? I, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it usually is, but I. I don't know if it was different this year. It just. It felt. I don't know. I would like to. I would love to see and maybe like the amount of the percentage of votes next to each one because I feel like for coach of the year it had to be. It had to be close. I mean, the Cajuns had the best sure. record. They won the Sun Belt, and they they won fifteen games in a row. Sure, and I, I would I would think that was that was close, and you know obviously it could have gone to Coach Broadhead, and he would have been well deserving. But um, but you know you're talking about the best team in the East um, in that in that regard as far as a coach of the year is concerned. So, and I mean you know knowing Coach Broadhead, he'll take his player here on the first, second, and third team, which I would imagine has been a while since they've had. Uh, three representatives, uh, a representative on each team, obviously, uh, you know, winning the regular season of the Sun, but he'll take all those things over a coach of the year award. Oh, so, yeah. um, no, I think, I think everything is deserved. I mean, you talk about, uh, if you watched the women with Ty Doucette, if you watched the men with Theo Akuba, like they just both were big presences inside, you know, as far as blocking shots and, they both are really disciplined too in the paint. Like they're, uh, you know, Theo uh, and and Ty both do a good job of kind of keeping their hands up, not always going for swats, um, just using their length to to bother 
uh, the opposing team coming into the paint, and uh, and but they're pretty good at blocking um, blocking shots too, and so um, that's very well deserved. You know, Sky Goodwin is someone that Coach Broadhead has talked about that sometimes her numbers get lost in it all, or I should say her numbers don't reflect how impactful she is. So she's not necessarily always a candidate to make an all Sun Belt team. I'm really happy to see her um, uh, reach that because it's well-deserved. Um, you know, you could even argue that it should be higher. You know, it could be a second team nod or something like that. And then, you know, Ty being on the first team, not not very surprising. Um, defensive player of the year, um, second leading scorer, I believe, for occasions. Um, she needed to be there. And then um, Cedric Russell, I mean, man, like, you know, his journey – from a freshman to where he is now. And obviously on the freshman, he was on that 27-win team, and his role didn't have to be as big, but he's just gradually grown. And um, you could just see a different level of maturity, not to say that he wasn't mature before, but you could just see a different level of maturity and growth in his game this year. Um, And he's always had that look in his eye like he wants the ball at the end, um, but it was different. It was different, and um, he helped the Cajuns have a lot of success. So now I don't have I don't have a problem with with any of the, the selections. I think um, I think everybody that made it was deserving. And if I had to pick people to make those teams or to win those awards, those would be the exact people that I picked. On the baseball diamond, Cajuns uh, three games set with Southern Miss this week and uh, fell to Mississippi State Wednesday. Mississippi State might be the best team in the country. Certainly, they're one of the best, ranked two. Uh, right now and I think my overall impression is I think the Cajuns are good Um, I think they're better than than their preseason pick which was third in the west Uh, they're pitching I've talked so much about their pitching and their depth and I've talked a lot about it with Deggs and uh, and with Bab but what I haven't I probably should have asked them about is as good as these guys are man having BJ Ryan there as the pitching coach you talk about a luxury that a lot of college, most college baseball programs, I don't know how many, but to have a guy that, you know, was a two-time all-star in the major leagues uh, and was just, you know, a great left-handed pitcher for, for over a decade in the majors to have that guy coaching, like, you know, as your pitching coach, like his impact has got to be felt because if you took away there's there's a few guys that have a few bad outings and if you take away those three guys the overall team ERA is down in the twos and they have thrown a ton of guys like it is undoubtedly the big strength of this team right now and you're seeing it for the most part um, you know throughout the first what 14 games of the season yeah something like that no it's it's been um it's been impressive you know it's it's definitely they look uh, it's a complete 180 from how they look to start the season last year, which the season came to a close around this same time um, last year. Um, yeah, look totally different. And they have been really impressive um, as far as pitching is concerned. And then even at the plate, like they're, you know, I, I think back to last year's team. And again, you know, we're not talking about a huge sample size. And I think people like Hayden Cantrell and whatnot um, could have, could have turned it around as the, as the season went on um, at the plate. But, like, no one really stands out. Maybe Brennan Bro from last year as far as uh, at the plate is concerned. Um, 
you know, there was no dependable bat. And there was a lot of lineup changes to try to get something going or figure something out. And then maybe Connor Kemple would have a, a, a good game here or there. Maybe Brandon Talley would have a good game. But you have guys that you can point to in their lineup and say, like, man, like, you you feel like something's going to happen when they when they come up. You feel like Carson Rockerford could come up big in a key situation. You feel like Ben Fitzgerald could come up big in a key situation. You know, Drake Osborne um, has been hurt or, you know, or, or was hurt, but um, he played so big in that two-lane series and throughout the first uh, couple weeks up until he got hurt. And uh, he was really impressive behind the plate, too, with all of those various uh, pitchers that have done so well. And, I mean, you could just, you know, even having those names to start with, uh, and you know, Tyler Robertson, who's, who's been leading off for of them, um, as well as had, had a pretty good start to the season, you know, that gives you some confidence and it allows you to have some flexibility in other parts of the lineup that, like, maybe you couldn't have last year because there was no just – I don't remember – and, I, again, I could be wrong. I just don't remember anyone that was just designated, like, okay, like this person is always going to be a leadoff. This is always going to be our three hole. This is always going to be our cleanup. Like it wasn't that. It was they were still figuring it out when the um, when the season got paused. But you know, you look at a guy like a Bobby Lede, um, you know, who's batting three thirty three uh, on the year. You know, he's someone, and just with with all those guys that like you, just like what you see, and you like the potential, and and you just. Uh, hope that they continue to grow. Like, I, there's no reason to believe that they won't continue to grow um, as the year goes on. Southern Miss is a great three-game test. They've, they've had a good schedule up to this point. And Southern Miss, similar to Tulane, I would say, uh, is, a, is a team that has postseason aspirations um, as a top, I don't know, 50 team, I would imagine, in the country, something like that. And so getting a three-game series in with them um, – will be really big for their development as they continue on. Yeah, I, I think ESPN1420.com, Seth Lewis, our guest. I'm Scott Prather. It's the great Scott show sponsored by Suit Up. I think the, the 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 few issues, if you want to call them that, in regards to the lineup is, well, number one, it's it's an issue, and that's batting with runners in scoring position. I mean, they haven't been great yeah, sure. in that regard yet this year. But I think you, you'll have so many games, Seth, where you've got – just kind of these gaps, these holes in the lineup, but it's not like the same thing or consistent every time. Like you'll have a guy, you know, a pair of guys that have like three hits each. Another one mm-hmm. that, you know, another two guys, another guy's two, then two others have one, but they're like either they're spread out or they're bunched together. And then you'll just have, you know, these spots consistently in the lineup where these holes to get that consistency throughout the lineup on a consistent basis. I just said the word consistent too many times, but like that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's an area they that, that that they can improve. That I think. Look, we're we're still early into the season. Um, you know, they got they got uh, over forty games left, but that's an area. And then, you know, the the all of the depth of, of the different guys you can play. Like you've got a guy like a CJ Willis who. Uh, who who's fun to watch, right? You I mean he gets the nickname Mark mm-hmm. McLemore, and he plays all these different positions, and yet you want to get him in the lineup because he's he's batting three forty eight, but I mean he leads the team in errors, and mm-hmm. all of them have been when he's trying to turn a double play. So you know, I mean, look, you got Rocco and right field, 
You got Robertson in center field. You got Kimple in left field, or maybe as the DH. You have Fitzgerald, who's just you know been great with the bat. You know, you put him at first or DH. Like you, you, you need Willis in the lineup. He's probably better at in left field or maybe first base than he would be elsewhere. And yet, you know, you put him in that spot, then you got to move somebody else. And you know, right. at first base, you know, okay, I guess that's open, but then you've got an offensive hole at second and third. But if he stays at first, well, you know, where does Brennan Bro play? And Top was the one that pointed that out to me. But it's like, and and look, and Brennan's, I you know, I think he's second or third on the team in RBI now. So it's like that mm-hmm. <laughs> when you really start, like you can carve it up so many different ways. And at the end of the day, you know, you just want it, you just want the prime rib to taste good. I get it. But I feel well, like, like for I mean, me, it just gives me a headache thinking, okay, what do you do here? When I ask Degs about it or Bab about it, they're like, you have to make the decision every single game. And it's it's probably going to be different every time based on the opponent and all these other stuffs. But right now, as I'm saying it, like there there is a you could you can I feel like if you weren't uh guarded enough or if you weren't disciplined enough as a coach, you could definitely over right. Right. Well and I think too, like if you're not scoring, and I'm this is maybe an exaggeration, but if you're not scoring six, seven runs a game, there's always going to be things that you can look at and say, okay, we need this to be better, we need that to be better. Uh, they have to get better at uh, timely hits with runners in scoring position. There's there's no question about that. But like, I guess my point about the batters was look at C.J. Willis. You're 100% right. Like he's somebody that you want to put in the lineup. And yet, because he's had these errors, uh, I guess primarily, what, at third base, um, you know, he isn't in there right now. I think, yeah, most Did of them, I think, have been. Yeah, no, like, and, and yet. You, you, you know what I mean? Right, right. And and it's hard for any, I'm not even just trying, look, he's been great. I'm not I'm not trying to point out right. the errors is like to suggest he hasn't. No, 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 no. You're going to, you're probably going to have errors when you're having to go play a lot of different positions. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be as as handy with the glove as somebody who's just, okay, you're the shorter, you're the second baseman, and that's that's where you're going to be all season. Sure. And my point is they have the luxury of sitting him down. That's my point. You know what I mean? Like, they they have the luxury of saying, all right, we're not playing him right now, but we're going to try to figure someone else to get him out there on the field. I guess I'm saying I don't think they had that last year. Like they didn't, they didn't like. You have to have talent. Oh, I'm, and I'm saying you have that talent. They had talent last year, but I'm saying the talent um, in their fielding positions in the lineup uh, seems to have improved because you have the flexibility to sit someone down that's batting three thirty, three forty, um, in in uh, replacement for other people. But uh, point is, I mean, not even point is, but you're right. I mean, the pitching has been. Um, phenomenal uh, up to this point. It's been it's been really really good, and um, the lineup has some things to correct. But if I was a Cajuns fan, uh, I would feel, and they still have a few weeks before we get into Sunbelt play for um, for baseball. But uh, I would feel really good up to this point um, about the team based on what I saw outside of you know. You strike out seventeen times the Mississippi State, like, you know, that's that's a that's a bad stat, but I mean it's also the number two team in the nation and like you're gonna have days like that, like days where it's just off, super off. So uh I think I think I, I'd be encouraged. I'd be encouraged overall about by what's been seen so far. 
ESPN1420.com. Seth Lewis, our guest. Seth, I know uh, you guys have been busy, whether it be at the Cajun Home or Burton Coliseum, covering the high school scene. I talked to Coach Danny Broussard earlier and uh, STM going for a fourth consecutive state title tomorrow if they can get it. They won 25 in a row, but they got you high. Uh, it should be a good matchup with the experience of STM. I think just having 10 seniors and all these guys, and I think, you know, I I, I, I will get your thoughts on St. Martinville in, in a minute. I know they fell in the state title game last night, but they had a great season. I think experience in basketball, at, at especially at the high school and college level, it's valuable any year, but – Folks might be tired of hearing it, but man, in the COVID year, like to mm-hmm. have to jump through all of the hurdles. Um, and, you know, Coach Danny was telling me earlier, he's like, look, you know, we've got a lot of guys that play football that also play basketball. We usually get them sooner in the season, but this year football went a lot later. That's just one small example. But I think when you've got the experience, like my theory on why one of the reasons why Duke is done, right? They're not, you know, their season's over. And why, while North Carolina's. You know, won 17 or 18 games. They're not, you know, the top five. Why Kentucky's had a bad season? Why Kansas has not had their standard of what they are used to there? And I, I'm naming Blue Bloods in college for this. I think mm-hmm. one and done will win you games in college basketball. But when you're a Blue Blood that has a lot of one and done players in a year like this one, that was so unique, and you had to rely on not you just you had to deal with a lot of hurdles you wouldn't normally have to deal with. The teams with the most experience are the ones that are having the most success, you know, for the most part in college. And when I think that's been such a driving force for STM, and they're going to be good no matter what. Um, but but folks can look at Division two state championships and and all that other stuff. They are one of the best teams in the state this year, undoubtedly, and I think. The biggest reason why, Seth, is just that experience factor in a year like this one. Yeah, for certain. I mean, experience factor, and you have um, two all-state guys on your team. You know, I mean, when you when you talk about Jaden Shelvin and when you talk about Carter Domain, no doubt, you're talking about two guys that can get you twenty on a on a given night. You know, both 20, fo- both four O students, night. by the way. Shout out to them for that. Well, <laughs> yeah, both. Both sharp, <laughs> both sharp as students, and both uh, they see the floor very well too. Like they see the floor very well, you can tell that their their basketball IQ is um, is probably uh, pretty high, and um, they also also feed off of each other um, pretty pretty well as far as like cuts are concerned. Like you know, a Carter's pretty good at hitting Jaden. Uh, on a on a perfectly timed cut, like you know, they 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 have a good awareness of what's going on all around the court, and so it is. It's valuable. Um, it's it's very valuable. And the senior led teams in college basketball, like Baylor, like Gonzaga, um, you know, and like with a Gonzaga, you have a guy, a freshman in Jaden Suggs or Jalen Suggs, uh, who you just insert him in there with a bunch of experienced guys, and then you you know you you have something there. Um, but yeah, you're right. And, but I will say this too, about you high, you high, it's not like you high is an experience in getting to, right. uh, big stages, oh, yeah. right? Like, like you has lost to, uh, St. Thomas more at least once in this three year run that they've had, if not multiple times, they've lost to them in the title game, um, during this run. So they've been there. And sometimes, uh, the strongest force, uh, that can drive you is denial 
you know, and not wanting to be denied again. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough. And they have all of those seniors, um, and, and they're probably sick and tired of seeing STM win. But, um, but STM is on a mission, too. And STM has, I believe, six seniors, five or six seniors on that team um, that, that, that play. And so um, it should be a good game. It, sh- it, it should be a really good game. But uh, it would be hard to bet against two kids that can do as much as Jaden Shelvin and Carter Domingue do. Seth Lewis, our guest, ESPN 1420. I know LCA fell in the, um, in the, in the semis. Shout out to the LCA girls who, uh, who won it last week. I love the, the video you got of Vero Rogers doing those dance moves. That was, that was absolutely tremendous. It was that last little, little pump at the end that just, I felt like took yeah, that thing was. over the he, top. He was doing that a lot, but that was, that was funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, St. Marville last night coming up short, but uh, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to move on to uh, from high school to the pros to to get your thoughts on the ugh, the Pels. Sorry, um, without without just giving them a shout out. And uh, you know, I know they fell to Madison Prep last night in the three A title game. Fifty two forty seven was the final, but man, as an eleven seed, I, I just felt like the Tigers their their run. Um, their run just deserves a lot of pub, man. I know they wanted that state title, but shout out to them, man. They really, they really, it was it was tied forty one forty one with about four and a half minutes left. They had a lead uh, late in the third quarter, heading into the fourth. I mean, they they put it all out there, man. Madison Prep's just, I mean, they're just that good. But shout out well, to uh, it, to say Martin again, ex- experience, but experience. Madison Prep has experience. Madison Prep's. Won state championships um, recently. You know that 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 probably is a difference, but that that doesn't uh, stop the run that that St. Martinville went on this year, especially as an 11 seed. You know, in this COVID year, sometimes seeds can root because of missing games or you know uh, uh, a game you lose a game, but maybe you had a player out something like that, and sometimes teams can get misseeded. But even if a team gets misseeded, like you then are facing a tougher path, right? Like you're you're going to have to face the three seed. You're going to have to face the two seed. You're going to have to you're going to have to uh, beat some of these teams. Uh, you're going to have to upset quite a few teams um, in your run. And so that is what makes their run so remarkable is uh, beating some really really quality teams um, along the way, like Wasman and um, the Tavius. Uh, Gable, uh, I believe I'm saying his name right. Uh, he is a bucket, man. Um, Gabriel is a bucket. Like he, he is just an effortless scorer. Uh, I mean, he hit a crossover fade away from the corner against um, uh, in the semifinals, and it was just like, man, like you know, that's a zone. Like you know. Not a lot of players can reach a zone like that. Even good players, some good players can't reach zones of that nature where you just go into all different types of shots and they're all falling. And so, um, you know, he made a name for himself. They made a name for themselves. Um, they made uh, the community of St. Martinville proud. So they definitely deserve uh, a whole lot of credit and a, a whole lot of praise for what they were able to do, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Seth Lewis, our guest. All right, to wrap it up, Seth, um, 
Oof. The Pelicans have lost to the worst team in the NBA twice this year by a combined 40 points. Um, the, the team that's one step above a G League team has absolutely embarrassed them. And to lose by 30 last night in a game where Van Gundy is like, I mean, he just he doesn't even know what to say. I mean, in, in this team is so bipolar. They might be Cleveland tonight. They might get their butts whooped. They might beat the Clippers on Sunday by double digits. The fact that you don't know what's going to happen every time they step out on the floor, and I get you could say that about every team in an extreme circumstance, but, man, I mean, you had 3,000 people at the Smoothie King Center last night booing the hell out of the team after Bledsoe misses a three that, you know, almost left a – basically, I mean, he almost shattered the backboard with a missed three, not a dunk. Um, he missed seven of the eight shots he took. He airballs an open three. It's just – I mean, Van Gundy said, look, the fans, they, they should be frustrated. They should be upset. I mean, this is unacceptable. Um, I, there, there's some, there's just some weird issues with this team. I don't want to keep going down that road because I'm just going to get ticked off. So I wanted to let you have the final say here. I know this is a franchise you and I know well since their debut as the Hornets in New Orleans back in 02. And uh, we often talk about, you know, the 19-year history of this team in New Orleans, but as far as this current product goes, I, I give me give me something, Seth. Give me something other than just me this, whining. This oh, no no no. I'll, I'll let me add to it. This is the most embarrassing season of of Pelicans basketball since they got to New Orleans. Whoa. And I like I, like I've I've, whoa, I've whoa. had time to reflect on it, and I just I'm just very convinced in that because there have been seasons where they've been bad, but like you know like. Take like when Monty Williams got here and they traded Chris Paul. Like that team tried. That team that team tried hard. Played their butt off. They were the fourth worst team in the NBA, and they lost a lot of close games, but they tried. And this team is just so confusing. Um, I, I'm uh, indulge me for a second. Um, NBA 2K, right? I say uh, on NBA 2K, you can create your own player. It's called My Player, right? So whenever you're uh, using your player, you whenever the team that you're on, which I'm on the Pelicans, big surprise, uh, the team that you're on in the My Player, you can play those games that they played the same day for like bonus points, pretty much, right? So, uh, and then they tally how the different players do with their different teams. The Pelicans of all the teams in the West have the second best record in what's called My Player Nation. And that is, that just goes to tell you like how much talent that the video game um, says that the Pelicans have, right? Like they, the only team that has a better record in this um, simulation that's of actual people playing, like myself, is the Lakers. That's the only team that has a better record than the Pelicans. To to be to have so much talent, I say that to say to have so much talent and to be underperforming in this manner and not knowing. They can go one day beating the Celtics after being down 24 and then losing by 30 to the Timberwolves. It's ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous. I, I, don't, I don't even know who to blame, to be honest. David, um, I think, I think, I I think David Griffin deserves some blame at this point. Gus Caggio was talking to me deserves. last hour, and he's saying, look, at what point do you just stop blaming the players or the coach and look at the roster that's been constructed? And he pointed out he pointed out something Griff was telling Ty Graffinini on a – a weekly uh, Pelican show last week, and 
Graf asked him what I think a lot of fans are saying. You know, why aren't some of the younger guys getting minutes? A la, why is Bledsoe playing a ton? Not well. And, you know, Kyra's sitting on the bench. And and, and Griffin kind of almost snapped at him and mentioned, uh, you know, Twitter sphere and, and these bloggers that think they know better. And it was almost like this is the process. I'm calling the shots. Deal with it kind of attitude. And it's, you know, the honeymoon period, David David came in, and I think he did his best to brand the, the franchise. And from a national standpoint, uh, I'll say that for a while it, it worked. It did well. They were they were being talked about, obviously, you know, getting Zion helped. And anybody could have drafted Zion. You, had, you could, you know, you could have been the least experienced sure. GM ever. You were going to take him one sure. overall. But but now with the way this roster has been constructed and this plan and, and everything else, I think – Ultimately, you know, I think some of the blame does need to really start falling on his shoulders, and and I I'm not I'm not suggesting this team was you know supposed to be this um, you know second round playoff team this year. That's not. I mean, I, I I picked them I think to finish ninth in the in the West this year, and I don't know if that's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. You, you expect you just didn't expect these these nights where it's like you guys do you even do you even care. Like, you can't tell me, like, the game on the 23rd where they lost in Minnesota, which previously to last night was the worst loss of the season, they were at the end of a 14-game road trip. Like, where you're in the hotel, there's COVID, you can't even hang out with, you can't even hang out with your teammates at the hotel. You have to just stay in your room. So, you've been away from home for two weeks, you're like, okay, I mean, you need to suck it up and, and not let it impact your game. But if you want to at least say, hey, that has something to do... You were coming off of an all-star break. You're as well-rested as you've been all season last night, and you played like that? That's just that's embarrassing. Yeah, I, 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 and, and for me, in, in a, look, I, I'm, I'm fine, but um, in a pandemic when you're already semi-locked down, you know, obviously people, you know, we're a little bit more out now, but uh, locked down, things of that nature, I, I, I didn't watch because I, I, I just refused to subject myself to that. I love them. Good decision. <laughs> like, I mean, good decision. You know, like I, I think, I think uh, uh, that you know one of the biggest issues with teams usually when they're rebuilding is uh, having a guy, and they have two of the guys uh, in Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. But uh, I refuse to watch that. Like I refuse to like get aggravated and uh, and disturb my peace. Like I like I I, I and I was off uh, yesterday as well. But like no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, disrupting my off day. <laughs> I'm just, I'll get the alerts if they win. Great. But if you don't care, which is what it looks like, then why should I care? You, I, call me when they care. Like, I, I, I can't, and that's saying a lot for me, but I can't, I can't do that. Seth Lewis has been our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Seth Lewis Inc. And of course you can check him out over at KATC TV three. He, Andrew Clay, Brianna, they do an amazing job. And um, I stand by that. I've said it. I tell everybody I know because it's true. And uh, all the things you guys are doing over there at KTC TV3, during the overlap, during the you know the the, the top twenty eight, during during baseball softball season, everything. everything is going on. We I, I look man. If anyone understands, I do. But uh, but you guys have been Cross on top over of season, it. Season man, it's brutal. There it is. But hey, I appreciate you taking the time this morning, man. All the best to the fam, and um, have a great weekend, brother. Yeah, thank you, as always. Good good to talk with you. All right, that's going to do it for the Great Scott Show this morning. Big thanks to Seth, to Coach Danny Broussard, to Gus Cattengale, to all of you for 
listening. Rage of Cajun Baseball this weekend over on Newstalk 96.5 KPL. We will have the Big 12 and the ACC Conference Championship games airing here tomorrow. And the, uh, yes, Pelicans game against the Clippers Sunday night will be airing here on ESPN 1420. Listen, you might be surprised one way or another. It'll either be a wreck or uh, it'll be, uh, you know, surprisingly beautiful. And, and hopefully the latter definitely not bet on it. That's going to do it for the show. Steve Pelican's next with Beyond the Game on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. This has been the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up.